Okay, clock is at midnight here in New York City, so I will kick off the third annual Global Sustainable Supply Chain Pledge Day. Thank you all for joining today, leaders, transformers, innovators uh, around the world to connect and discuss what they're doing in terms of sustainability, transformation, and overall give a platform to those to connect with each other and really inspire and motivate uh, one another to continue on this journey in sustainability. My name is Madison De Silva, and I'm the founder of Global Sustainable Supply Chain Pledge Day. Without further ado, I would like to pass this off to Anne Rosenberg, who will be the first keynote speaker today. Uh, thank you, Anne, so much for joining us year after year and being such a great mentor and um, inspiration to me in my career as well. Anne Rosenberg is a, an EY Sustainability, Sustainability and Climate Advisor. In addition to that, she's 20 years at SAP, co-founder of UN SDG Ambition, author, just to name a few. Thank you so much, Madison, and I'm so happy to be allowed to speak here today. Um, and what I would like to start with is to s talk a little bit about how we see the progress. And um, all of you might know something called Climate Action 100, which is a report that comes out every three months with a look at really the heavy industries, uh, whatever we talk about oil and gas, we talk about utility, we talk about you know, mining and really heavy industries. Uh, we definitely are those industries that has been moving fastest uh, because of all the pressure from regulations and really to do in an entire change of the way they, they run their businesses. So this is here, we'd like to talk about how well are we progressing? And I do have a, a call for action that I just will start with, but just a little bit of reflection. So the latest report uh, would really encounter some of the biggest companies in the heavy industry area. They have set their net zero targets. So that one is clear. And I think we all know that companies are doing that. Uh, they also have a long-term goal. Uh, if you look into a 24 to 2050 commitments, uh, but if you're looking into like a medium or a short term, this is really lacking. Uh, additionally, what we're seeing is that companies are beginning, and I say beginning like this, is because companies are in the process of creating a decarbonization strategy. Um, and of course, to do those huge shifts, you need a certain amount of capital to do that transition uh, to really drive a decarbonization transformation. Uh, but we see this more and more, and we also see, and this is a learning to companies, that the money don't only need to come from inside the company, it can also come from infrastructure money or capital funds, infrastructure capital fund. We also see, especially if you are uh, in Europe, so I'm Danish, you know, I live in the United States, but if I benchmark uh, Europe, especially UK and Denmark, where I'm from, they are fast moving in the regulation, of course, based on regulation coming from, from EU, where it is slower in the US, but the US market know exactly what is coming. So they are ramping up uh, for those regulations. Climate governance is often something you implement when you have done your decarbonization strategy. But now this is where my call for action is to all of you out there is that the transition of doing what have been committed into a short-term plan, a mid-term plan, has not really started. Yes, some project is going on, but we are talking about huge transition projects going on for 5, 10, 20 years. And this is where I'm calling all the, all the program managers, the project managers, the sustainability, 
supply chain expert or whatever you just are supply chain expert because there are many of those people and many are listening in today is that we need you to go in and really drive that transformation transformation so at ey uh, i can also see that trends i work for ey and so i'm working uh, in the global sustainability team where we are building uh, a go-to-market approach around decarbonization strategy and decarbonization transformation ESG reporting and products, uh, sustainable development, and of course, sustainable supply chain. But I will say it is actually in that sequence. So, so there's a certain maturity going on. Uh, and one thing is great to look up. If you go into the Climate Action 100, you can see in each of those companies who is part of this uh, survey, you can see exactly where they are hitting and where they're working. And it gives this pattern that I just uh, talked into. Often people think about, but where do I actually get the money from? Because it is huge, uh, huge transformations that you need to do. And this is where it's important for all of you to know that 40% of the global financial asset today is actually allocated to uh, climate change. And that's where we need to think a little bit different. As I said at the beginning, you might not be able to have all the money inside the company, but there's a lot of money outside uh, that you can go and you can apply for. Additionally, um, when we go and look and the push that we are getting as company, and that's the regulations, but you must promise me that it's not only regulations that is driving the change. It's actually a really good business model in XE driving a sustainable supply chain. So whatever it's a regulation, whatever it is, the companies that buy product from you or that you sell product to is going to be a requirement. But it's actually a requirement where you can build a really great business model for the company. You see right now, the oil and gas companies really go into the renewable. You see companies really working with a cradle to cradle concept. Uh, they design different products. Uh, and what you see that I will speak a little more about is really how do you work with a sustainable supply chain. But before we kick it off, because sometimes we are a little bit narrow in the way we look at things. And that's where uh, I always recommend after the company have committed uh, to become net zero, is that you actually do a three-step approach. And that you plan the net zero, you then transform the business, and then you really build trust in your ecosystem. When you plan the net zero, the first question is, okay, I get it. I can do my ESG reporting. I understand where I am and I understand the gap. So what do I do now? And this is where you need to go in and figuring out what is your drivers. If you just stay on a decap level, many of the drivers is, of course, business model innovation, circular economy, value chain management, which hit exactly into the sustainable supply chain. Of course, process effectiveness, and then green your energy supply and your product transformation. So there's a lot of help to get. But if you narrow this into what is the key key drivers if you work with the supply chain, and some of the things that you can look into is the carbon footprint reduction. So companies are increasingly looking for ways to reduce their carbon footprint, both within their own operation and in their supply chains. I just want to stop two seconds here. So when you go in and you commit to become net zero, the first thing you need to do in your ESG reporting 
is to go in and do on climate side is to measure emission one, two, and three. There's no doubt about it, emission three is so difficult and not a lot of companies yet have been able to do this because that is sitting in the upstream or downstream in your supply chain. And just because you as a company want to become net zero doesn't mean that the company that you work with have the same ambition that you has. And that's where one of the big topics right now is really about the traceability. It's not enough that as a, a partner that you work with say, oh yeah, we'll be net zero. You need to be able to trace that in the supply chain. Another thing is, of course, circular economy. So this is important. When you start to uh, optimize and make sure your supply chain is sustainable, you also need to look at the product that you're building because that product also needs to be sustainable. Then you need to have ethical sourcing. So you might be used to having your product, your different collaboration partner all over the world. But now you need to think about, is it ethical that I actually need to ship it to the location that I'm in? Is it ethical the way the product is actually being produced? So it's a whole other view that we need to have in. And this is also where the TIN uh, UN Global Compact Principle uh, kick in. And that leads to the sustainable ch uh, chain, the supply chain transparency. I would actually say on top of building a decarb strat and uh, decarb transformation, the hardest topic in town is definitely supply chain tran uh, uh, transparency. But it's not just about climate, it's also about the S. I probably all know this, we need to look at the S in the sustainable supply chain. So a little bit of input about this. This is really about, again, back to the 10 uh, principles from UN Global Compact, human rights, fair labor practices, diversity and inclusion, community engagement, and traceability. All of this sound easy, okay, I get it, but what kind of technologies am I going to use? How am I going to trace this? How am I going to track this? And this is where the technology market are really ramping up now, but it is complex. And uh, therefore, you see right now a lot of double counting. Uh, you can team up with technology partners that might be able to do emission one and two, but not emission three. So you need maybe to work in a mixed landscape. So just you aware of that. So way back uh, when I was at SAP, I together with UN Globe Compact, uh, created together with UN Global Compact, the SDG Ambition, which is a translation of the 17 Globe global goals to, 10 to 11 ambitions. And in this framework, if, if you download it, you will see there are some data sheets some, which very detailed explain how you can work with, uh, for example, the 1.5. Uh, how can you work with that in a very practical way? How do you do your measurement measurement? How do you find it in the processes and the underlying enterprise architecture? So it's a really, really big help. It actually has become, and I'm happy to see you in Global Compact is on the call, is that it, it is actually today, I would say, the most used uh, sustainability framework in the world. And so, as you know, and I, I mean, I'm, I just, I would love for your Global Compact will always be, they have managed to rally the private sector and they have grown up double the last three years, like the grow from when the beginning was established. Private sector is coming together and your Global Compact is bringing that amazing community and framework out to them. And they just closed a climate uh, accelerator uh, a couple of days ago. So, so I would say uh, there's a lot of opportunities to go in and really work with it, but be very concrete when you start the project.
Then I also just want, because this is something we need to think about also when we build the future supply chain, the future sustainable supply chain, that we come from a world where it's really about efficiency, uh, integration of the supply chains, to where we need to make sure that it is not just my supply chain or my closest partner, but you build a supply chain in a network. It's becoming a network. So it's public-private partnership is the key nominator for sustainable supply chain. But what happens when you now put AI into the mix? So we expect that going forward, we will have a self-driven supply chain, self-driven supply chain with AI. But when we build something that is self-driven, we want to make sure it is a sustainable supply chain that is, is uh, self-driven. Um, the last thing I, 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 I wanted to, to talk about is that where do you go from here? Of course, being part of this amazing network uh, that you are here uh, in the call here, uh, there are some really key events uh, going forward. Uh, and I'm becoming very selective because we don't have time, we, we can't waste time. We want to go where the source is best. So I mainly focus on uh, industry specific uh, events uh, that is purely about supply chain or I make sure I go to general assembling where you have this network uh, hosted by United Nation. And as private sector is of course the UN Global Compact. Then, uh, as you all know, uh, we have uh, pop coming up in Dubai, and there is four event that is leading up to this starting in June in Berlin. So I will definitely uh, focus on that. And then uh, for the for the people who are for those countries, uh, but you can join in anyway. You have the G20 in India um, that I will also join. So, so there are a lot of great events, people be selective. And I always say industry event because we go deep and then we go to all the events, the biggest UN events uh, where it's hosted by UN. Uh, this is my uh, recommendation. And then I will say, last thing I would say is that uh, being in this space for many, many years, uh, and I still remember uh, when you and I met each other and I, I was on a call, I was like, okay, it's about supply chain, but what about sustainability? And then the whole movement started. Uh, and since everything you guys are doing now is about the sustainable supply chain. Um, so, so I will say that uh, it's becoming the time uh, uh, for su a sustainable supply chain. I can see it's like you committed. Then we went to the time for the ESG reporting. Then we need a strategy and then we need a transformation. And now we need to go deep. And now we go into supply chain, which is the key topic to really shift uh, shift us in the right direction. And then I'm calling the expert in supply chain and I'm calling the project manager because they can really change the things. So that is what I just wanted to bring here in the beginning of uh, the event. Thank you so much, Madison. Thank you so much, Anne. It's an absolute pleasure again to have you here. Uh, you touched on so many great points and brought such energy as you always do. Um, just a few takeaways that I that really stuck with me after your talk is supply chain is a network and it, it really is about not only your supply chain, but the supply chains of those you're working with. And um, I just had a talk in New York about the difficulties behind scope three and how that really is such a challenge um, in reporting and, and reducing those emissions. And so I ask you a question here, what progress have you seen in scope three 
and um, anything that you're looking forward to to help with these reduce these difficulties. Yeah. And so, so first of all, it is complicated because you're managing something outside your core business, right? But we are seeing more and more companies uh, tackling it, but there's still, it is still very much in progress. But that's one thing I, that is important for me to say is that dear supply chain expert here, it's very important that you get the chief financial officer in play. Why do I say this? Is that when you go in and the data sheet from uh, SAG Ambition talks about this, is that, and by the way, your global compact have a huge network of chief financial officers. When you go in and prioritize your projects, and many of them will be uh, supply chain projects, um, how should you prioritize them? What process will come before the other one? So if you, the way we also look at this is that you have a CEO who committed on behalf of the company to a net zero target. It will probably be like 20, 25, maybe more years. There's no way around it. You need to be able to get it down. Uh, you need to lower. Uh, and some industries is very complicated. So you have two options. Speed up your transition and allocate a lot of money and resources into it. Or slow it down. And when I, but it's all about a business case this year, um, because if you are slow and not that you want to be it on purpose, but if you're not able to find a way to get the capital to do those transition projects, you will get a lot of, uh, penalties. Uh, you need to do carbon offset. So it's more or less why I'm calling the chief financial officer is that every year a company need really to do a calculation, say based on the project portfolio, how much can I low, low, uh, put down my uh, emission? And based on this, I can lower down how much carbon offset cost I have and potential fee I can get. And there you can more or less say, if I speed up, you know, put some more money instead of because the other money is just going to, you know, it's not going to transition your company. So this is really the business case. And you're seeing more and more emissions, emission measuring tool showing in a dashboard, this is my emission uh, uh, decrease, and this is my carbon offset decrease, or how much you need to pay. It's purely a business decision. And this is very important because it will help companies to prioritize the project for the transition. Yeah. Yes, and that's great. It's so great that we also have so many developing technologies coming out in terms to help with, you know, the offsets and the reporting in the calculation. Um, because you know, a few years ago, scope three emissions in itself was a confusing topic, but today there are so many emerging technologies, better technologies, and a much better understanding of how we can really efficiently and accurately report these. And like you said, it is a business case, um, getting the economy side of it involved as well and see how we can really look to scope three emissions and, and tackle them. And I think it's interesting that you're speaking about industry-specific events. Um, I think that's great because it, it gives a chance to learn from others in the industry, um, you know, what specific uh, operations can be done instead of going to a more broad event where there's a lot of general talks. Uh, something very specific gives us more motivation, more insight, and it really is a network that we're trying to work together for. Uh, it's not a competition, like I like to say, it, but it really is a collaboration. We really have one planet, one economy, global market that we're trying to transition to. Exactly. Thank you so much. 
Thank you so much, Anne.